Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. You know, when they completed the original Transcontinental Railroad, there were four ceremonial spikes. Since then, there have been, well, hundreds of very tiny spikes to commemorate the event as souvenirs. But today, we're talking about a huge gold spike. 43.3 feet tall. It's going to be a beautiful memorial to those that worked on the original Transcontinental Railroad. This is Trains Live. Come on along and find out. So over 150 years ago, the original Transcontinental Railroad was completed with the driving of the gold spike at Promontory, Utah. Every school student in America studies that. But when you look behind the story and you look at all the monuments that are scattered across the West talking about the building of the original Transcontinental Railroad, well, they talk about just that, the building, the physical railroad. Maybe they look at some of the famous people in management. They look at the, the scandals that surrounded the railroad. But how about the people that actually built the railroad? The folks that were out there laying the track, that were building the bridges, that were boring the tunnels, the ones that, that broke their backs and some of them gave their lives to complete this first transcontinental railroad. A lot of those folks fall into a, a category very aptly named of forgotten faces of the Transcontinental Railroad. Well, since the Gold Spike 150th anniversary in 2019, there is a group in Utah, the Golden Spike Foundation, who has been working to help with education on the original Transcontinental Railroad and also to memorialize those forgotten faces. And that's what we're talking about this morning on Trains Live. There is a new Gold Spike Memorial that is about to be placed in Utah. We are going to be talking with Doug Foxley from the Golden Spike Foundation and Dal Bloomberg, who is the artist that has created this new memorial. So, Doug, Dal, welcome to Trains Live. Pleasure to have you along this morning. And Doug, let me start off with you. Tell me a little bit about the Golden Spike Foundation. Um, you know, yes, it was there to help plan the festivities around the 2019 150th anniversary, but this organization is a lot more. It is education, it is there to memorialize, as I said, some of these forgotten faces. Well, thanks, Bob, or Roberto, or whatever you want to call it today. Uh, tickled, tickled to be with you. Uh, great introduction here. Uh, 2019, had a crazy idea, actually 2017. Kind of thought we ought to have a big bang to talk about the 150th celebration. Uh, talked to the governor, the legislature into forming a commission 
had over 150 commissioners and we raised uh, almost eight million dollars in kind or in cash wow. oh did we ever we partied like it was 1869 <laughs> but you know parties come and go and uh, part of what we wanted to do is really through art to tell a story and you know we don't have a lottery here in utah uh, well, a legal lottery. I mean, you know, who knows what they will get, you know, at the parishes with bingo. But anyway, uh, we decided that we really wanted to do something artistically. And so working with the state of Utah, we actually put out a, a, a an RFP uh, to artists. And we had over 400 submittals from uh, artists from 37 countries, several foreign countries. And guess what? We were so darn lucky because Mr. Dow Blumberg, that handsome face there, that handsome bearded face <laughs> you're seeing on the screen, you know, he submitted a proposal. And it was to really, as you said, Bob, it was to basically recognize the nameless, the faceless, really the forgotten heroes of the tr first transcontinental railroad. And it's, it's quite a story. We won't get into that today. That's not what we're about. Uh, initially, we were going to do a 22-foot statue. Uh, it was going to be a spike. It was going to be 22 feet tall. And then all of a sudden, crazy things happen. Imagine that. But we decided <laughs> that we were going to go big or go home. And we decided that instead of putting this statue at a promontory summit at Golden Spike National Historical Park, by the way, thank you, Congress, for passing that in 2019 and making that. But anyway, so... We decided that we tried to put a statue on I-15, Interstate 15. Uh, that's the uh, interstate that runs between Mexico and Canada. And we wanted to try to get people out to Golden Spike. In addition to this, we bought uh, eight acres of ground on the old Reader Ranch off I-15, right across from the Bear River Bay uh, Bird Refuge Visitor Center. And part of the cool thing about the eight acres that we, along with Brigham City, Utah bought, is that the original Transcontinental Railroad bed runs through this uh, site. So anyway, okay. we're in the process of creating a Golden Spike Park. Doug, there's one thing that I wanna, want you to address for folks. You know, like I said in the, in the opening, every school kid in America studies the Transcontinental Railroad. And I, I've been involved in some of that educational process uh, from the museum, a museum perspective. You know, I've done work in classrooms. And it is, it, to me, it is a subject that so many times um, gets glossed over. A lot of the, the history textbooks that are being used when it comes to railroads and the, and the, the Transcontinental Railroad, you know, if you've got a, a U.S. history book that is maybe, you know, 400 pages long for students to use, there might be four or eight pages devoted to railroads or the Transcontinental Railroad. Yet, there is, there is such a rich story here, and it is a story that goes beyond just, hey, a bunch of guys went out and built a railroad. There is this, this national significance to what was done. How important for, for you, for the foundation, um, is it to keep this message alive? And what should, why should we still be paying attention to the Transcontinental Railroad instead of, you know, okay, we had 150th anniversary, let's wait till the 175th or 200th and have another party. No, no, no. Why should we be paying attention to this thing, you know, every day or learning about it in our schools? Well, great, great question. And uh, by the way, 
uh, if you're doing the Jeopardy question, the gold spike wasn't really driven a promontory point. It was driven 34 miles north of there at Promontory Summit. Yeah. Uh, but, but really, I think, and hopefully when you're talking about books today, Bob, you'll refer to Steve Ambrose's book, Nothing Like It in the World. But uh, Steve Ambrose, one of my favorite historians, he refers to what happened here as really the equivalent of the moonshot. Think about it, okay? Mm -hmm. George Washington traveled at the same speed as Julius Caesar. All of a sudden, Abraham Lincoln, in the midst of the Civil War, early on, things are not going well. He gets Congress on July 1st, 1862, to pass the Pacific Railroad Act. The Civil War ends 1865. Four years later, this thing happens. But what happened is, all of a sudden, you could now go from New York City to Sacramento in seven days. I mean, it was unheard of. Uh, prior to that time, you'd either have to go around the Cape, you'd either have to cross Panama, cross uh, the Isthmus of Panama, because the Panama Canal had not been built, or you'd have to you know, go up the Mississippi and go really across some pretty desolate desert trails to get to California. So uh, it, it was a significant event, and it was so significant that, that really what happened is when the event occurred, it was the first time that you had an event that was, you know, simultaneously transmitted, literally, not throughout the country, but throughout the world. Because they were stringing sure. telegraph wires, and mm -hmm. they basically attached a wire to one of the spikes, and they tapped on the telegraph, the modern, modern equivalent of Twitter, or whatever you want to call it, X, or whatever you want to call it today. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the, the world knew this was happening. They fired cannons over San Francisco Harbor and uh, New York uh, New York Harbor. They rang the Liberty Bell. Church bells rang throughout the land. Why? Because we were transforming and finally making it so that you could get across the country from San Francisco to, to, to New York and not only move people but move freight. It really opened up the West. Uh, it, to it totally transformed the world. And that's why... We think the story is still important today. Something we absolutely need to remember. I mean, when you put it in that perspective, yeah, it is, it is as relevant today as as the, the you know the advancements of the internet or any other technology. So, um, for the last twenty eight months, Dal Bloomberg has been working away in his studios in Kentucky to craft this new piece of public art, this forty three point three foot tall new gold spike. And, and Dal, I've been reading some of the statistics about this. Um, there are 74 different people, faces represented uh, on the spike. Um, there are folks from all the different groups that were involved in building the Transcontinental Railroad, the Chinese, the Irish, um, the African-Americans, uh, folks from the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, um, other nationalities. Uh, this, this for you must have been one of those once-in-a-lifetime all-encompassing projects uh, that I can't imagine. This thing had to have been a ton of fun to produce, yes? <laughs> you hit the, you, pardon me, but you hit the nail on the head. See what I did there? Um, th this piece has been far and away the largest and um, most engrossing piece that I have done in my 
20, 30 year career. And um, it has been, it's a, it's a journey. You know, you create this piece from a sketch on a napkin in a steakhouse in Utah. <laughs> and then I'm looking out my window and I see a 43 foot tall golden spike ready to be picked up by a crane tomorrow. You know, the, the journey is amazing and just a huge honor and, uh, you know, just a huge honor. Okay, a couple of little, little background things. Um, the, the spike is 43.3 is feet tall and you don't know how many people in the in at trains here have when they found out I was interviewing you guys and and talking about this, came to me and said, Bob, forty three point three feet. I mean, what what the heck? Okay. And then you know I read some of the media material and yes, it's the square root of eighteen sixty nine. Who thought of the <laughs> that size for this? I mean, <laughs> and Doug, if it was you, raise your hand, please. I mean, Dow, who who came up with Doug? This was your your idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was. I, I just sort of played around with numbers one day, and mm -hmm. anyway, I kind of went on wonder what the square root of eighteen sixty nine is, and then ended up being thirty four point three four one da 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 feet tall, and and you know what? <laughs> God go. bless Dow. You know, he went along with it. But uh, so anyway, yeah. we wanted to have the largest piece of public art on, on the on the NAFTA highway, and uh, mm -hmm. boy, did Dower deliver! There we go. Now you know I, I love that. First off, one being mathematically challenged myself. Okay, I can't do the square root of anything without my calculator in my hand. But to me, it's also one of those little hidden mysteries that kind of goes along with unraveling the entire Transcontinental Railroad story. And Dal, that's something that I wanted to ask you about. This was a journey. And obviously there was the, you know, the journey to get to the point of creating the sculpture and then there was creating the sculpture and now like you said we're going to load it on a truck and and uh, tour it out to utah we're going to go on another journey there must have been for you um kind of an unfolding of layers almost like on an onion as this story came about and i know for me every time i read another book on the transcontinental railroad there's another little detail another little little rabbit hole to chase down what was that like for you in creating this and arriving at the people who were going to appear on this sculpture? It's very, very perceptive, Bob, because that's exactly how I feel. Like you, I had been exposed to some transcontinental railroad history at school. Uh, I had read Steve Ambrose's book years ago, uh, totally before this, just because I'm a history uh, <laughs> nut. <laughs> but when I started meeting the people, you know, when I went to Utah and we, I started seeing the passion and we went and toured the grade that still exists. And we saw some Chinese, some excavations of Chinese workers' homes and shards of pottery. Uh, when I met with Irish people whose family had come out there as workers and stayed, I started to feel the reality. And I think when we're trying to bring history to life, where I want people, especially young people, to remember that this was real, that these were real people sure. with the same passions, loves, <laughs> anxieties, irritations that we feel. 
they weren't grainy black and white people. They were as full-blooded and fleshed out as we are. And that's the magic of trying to communicate history in, in, an, in a live, you know, in, an, in a, a living, breathing way. And I, I think that's the goal. And so when I started studying the faces, because it, it, I wanted to portray faces as they looked, not as they'd be cast in a Hollywood movie in 2020s, sure. but how did they look? They ate differently. Their their ancestry was much closer to Europe or Africa or China than, than we, we are now. I wanted them to look correct because I wanted all of that to come through. And 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 then um, I've done a lot, I've been blessed to do a lot of military memorials and some veterans memorials and have worked with a lot of, of veterans and and just obviously the issue of for example of PTSD has come up a lot well okay. in my research I started to realize when that war when the Civil War ended that had torn this nation apart taking the lives of over 400,000 Americans blue and gray just like veterans of today they weren't a lot of them were not able to go back to the farm and just segue back into life. So sure. here's this this adventure out west where you can make some decent money and you can see the west and you're and all these all this flood of veterans you know fell upon uh, the, the the Union Pacific and the Southern Pacific most mostly Union Pacific and plugged in there and I started realizing that there there is great continuity between what happened then and what we're what we're experiencing today. That, you know, and right there, I, I think you have hit on a most amazing point is that when we can draw lines from, you know, today, now, contemporary time, relate them to history, and someone, you know, someone looking at this down the road, like you say, maybe a veteran looks and goes, wow, those guys probably were experiencing uh, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder, but they didn't know it. They didn't know what it was. And, you know, maybe working on the Transcontinental Railroad got them back on their feet. Um, you know, maybe just being in the beautiful West helped, whatever. But, you know, here it is. It's something that was happening 150 years ago that today we've got a term for and we recognize, but back then they didn't. And, and for you to bring that forward in this, um, pretty neat. What, um, what was the most moving story that you uh, discovered in the process here? Wow, there are so there's <laughs> there are so many. Um, you know, I can't answer that. I uh, I can't nail one down. I think my revelation of what we just talked about with the the veteran experience. Um, I had not read about that. I had not read about the numbers of veterans and then linked that experience with what we're seeing today. And so that was very moving to me. I think also. Um, Having talks with Chief Darren Perry from uh, tribes out in Utah who worked closely with me and during my research regarding impact on Native American culture and lifestyles. And I think that was an area that my knowledge was not as fleshed out as. And so trying to put myself in the shoes of the peoples who had, were living there and then this 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 project comes across the, their lands you know their their the lands that they had roamed and hunted for 
hundreds and hundreds and thousands, sometimes thousands of years, um, and trying to then come up with ways to portray that. Um, again, so somebody today, you know, a 10-year-old and their grandparent standing there can both take something from those that image today, but also 20 years from now. Trying very hard to create something that's timeless, that will speak to people in future generations, that is not relevant just to maybe what's being discussed on the internet, uh, you know, October 3rd, 2023, because it's bigger than that. It stretches back, it stretches forward. Beautiful. Um, we are talking with Doug Foxley of the Golden Spike Foundation, Dow Bloomberg, who has uh, was the sculptor, the award-winning sculptor, who has created what will become the new or the next uh, Gold Spike Memorial to be placed along I-15 in Utah. Um, the as as Dow mentioned, tomorrow a big crane is picking up this 43.3 foot long or tall sculpture, depending on which way it's oriented, placing it on a truck. Um, it's headed out on a whistle-stop tour, headed toward Utah, uh, stops in St. Louis, Kansas City, Council Bluffs, Iowa, uh, North Platte, Nebraska, um, the Colorado Railroad Museum outside of Denver in Golden, Colorado. Uh, it'll make it up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, to the depot there, uh, into Rock Springs, Wyoming, and eventually to uh, the Utah State Capitol, uh, where there will be a VIP event receiving the sculpture. Um, Dow, <laughs> when this driving of the gold spike, as Doug uh, told us we should refer to this as, when this starts happening tomorrow, Studio's gonna feel a little empty. How are you gonna feel as, as this work goes off down the road? That's funny, Bob. I feel like you're crawling into my head because just yesterday, <laughs> after the studio looked like a whirlwind, went through it. And uh, we have people coming tomorrow, so we, last two days we've been madly cleaning up. But after everybody left, I just sat in the studio, this big empty studio, and I looked around and there's little shimmering pieces of gold leaf still on the floor, you know, that blew around. There's pieces, it's like, it's like the day after the New Year's Eve party, you know? Okay. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. And there's that, there is that, I'm launching this baby out into the world, which is mm -hmm. what it was created for. Yeah. Um, this big empty studio, because literally my studio's 50 feet long. Oh geez, this piece, okay. <laughs> With this the was a door-to-door -door piece. It, 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 it essentially cut my studio completely in half. If I wanted to go from one side <laughs> to the other to drill a hole, I had to walk all the way around it. <laughs> so we're really glad it's not there, but we're really sad. I'm really sad to, to yeah. be moving on. Um, yeah. So, all right. We are going to step over to Mr. Bob's Railroad uh, bookshelf for just a minute here. Couple of books on the on the bookshelf, and 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 Doug, I'm sorry, I'm going to disappoint you. I didn't bring along uh, Stephen Ambrose's book, um, uh, which is a great accounting of the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. Um, I did bring along one uh, book about the Transcontinental Railroad that I very much like, Empire Express. Um, by David Hayward Bain. Um, this book, folks, it is still available. Go out and get yourself a copy. Now look, it's, it's a big, fat book, all right? But 
it is so worth the read. One of the reasons I really like Bain's accounting here, Bain addresses the people and he does talk about uh, the Chinese workers and how they were treated. Um, you know, he talks about uh, the Civil War soldiers coming west uh, to, to try to find their way back in the world. So uh, Empire Express, David Hayward Bain, uh, see if you can find that one, great book. The other book that I pulled off the shelf this morning, and you know, we're, we're talking about giving face to the faceless. Ghosts of Gold Mountain. And as, as we probably all know, the Central Pacific had a wealth of Chinese workers uh, that came over to uh, build the railroad. The treatment they received was incredibly poor, and I think that's probably an understatement, uh, which, you know, why in this memorial it, it is so uh, gratifying to see Chinese workers recognized. But um, Ghosts of Gold Mountain tells their story. And you know what, if you're looking at the Transcontinental Railroad, um, you have to look at this as well. If not, you are not getting a complete uh, picture. Ghosts of Gold Mountain, Gordon Chang. Uh, it is a, a current book. You can still pick this one up out there. Now, you're probably going right now, Bob, listen, I've read books on the Transcontinental Railroad. I've read Ambrose. I've read Ames. I've read, you know, so on and so forth. There are, there are many, many books out there. But don't read just one, folks. Read a couple, okay? Don't, don't, you know, don't make this your life's work here of reading one after another. But read one, take a break, read another one. Why? Because in every book, the author picks up different aspects of the story. And after you read six, 10, 12 books, okay, yeah, I'm a little bit transcontinental railroad nutty. I've read that many. You get new discoveries each time. You get a, a fuller picture of what is being said. And then look, then your homework after you read these, you drive your own gold spike and you head out to Utah, you see uh, Dow's new memorial, um, you know, visit the website for the Golden Spike Foundation, go out to Promontory, run along, ride along, walk along the old roadbeds that are out there. It kind of completes your, your, your picture. So a couple of books on the bookshelf. Empire Express, David Hayward Bain, Ghosts of Gold Mountain, Gordon Chang. There's your homework assignment, folks. Doug, Dow, um, you know, I, anytime you get to talk about the Transcontinental Railroad is fun. Um, talking with you gentlemen this morning, this is, the organization, Doug, is so cool what you guys are doing. Um, Dow, congratulations. This is, a, it's a, well, I hate to say a monumental work, but it is. It is, uh, it is a beautiful piece of, of sculpture you have created. Um, trust me, it gives me an excuse to get out to Utah now. So, <laughs> hey, I Bob, wish... Bob, Bob you've, done, you've, you've done a great job today. And, uh, your preparation was amazing. And uh, just have to say, uh, Professor Gordon Chain, provost at Stanford University, foremost expert on, the, on Chinese railroad workers. And he was kind enough to, to work with us and Dow and others to get this thing Beautiful. right. So great job, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bob. Um, <laughs> really appreciate being invited. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, hope everything goes safely with the with the tour to get things out there. And um, yes, there we yeah. go. <laughs> please, please. All right, gentlemen. And, thank and, you so much. We're, we're going to have one hell of a party at the state capitol. So you know, come out. You know, there we I go. Mean, <laughs> 
23rd. I mean, we're going to bring this puppy down with Utah Highway Patrol escorts. And, oh, Ooh. I mean, my, we're going to have a bigger party than we almost had in uh, in 2019. So come, come on out. Fantastic. All right. Hey, listen, folks, KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Dial into that place for all your, your books, your hobby needs, uh, puzzles, video, oh, videos. You know what? In the Kalmbach Hobby Store Library, we have got a couple of great videos. Of course, on Promontory in the Transcontinental Road. KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Pick those up right there, folks. Trains.com. Make sure you become an unlimited member. Plenty of new content going up there every day. Dial into Newswire for the latest news from the railroad world. And as always, folks, listen, I want to see you behind the cover of Trains Magazine, enjoying our content there. Hey, this is Trains Live. Thanks for coming along. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute. Not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.